0: Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. George saying, I can't breathe. George saying, I can't breathe was unbelievable. And it literally, I felt like I couldn't breathe watching George not be able to breathe. It was like being winded. It was like having the wind taken out of your sails as you see his last breath being taken away so needlessly. I think the thing that I've been finding so profound is that I was building up for this Sunday because this Sunday is It's Pentecost. It's Pentecost, right? And I've been looking through my Bible and not just through, not just through acts and not just through the outpouring of God's spirit, but throughout the whole course of the Bible. And we start with this creation story where, where God takes dust, space dust, dirt, takes it together. This formation. Forms the shape of a man, and it says that he breathed life into Adam and he became a living being. That God breathes life into us. That actually, the word used for spirit, not only in in Greek for the New Testament and the numerous, I think there's three Hebrew words for spirit in the Old Testament all three of them can be translated as different things. Like, like ruach can be tra- translated as wind. It can be translated as breath. It can be translated as spirit. It's that these words in different times, different contexts, different settings have, have meant different things as they were used in the same way that it happens, I guess, with English language as well. But I couldn't shift that and I couldn't shake it because I thought about creation and about mankind and about our breath. I remember hearing Rob Bell years ago talking about breath, and he said how the, the, the name of God that we say is Yahweh is impronounceable, because the, the letters in the Hebrew are yod hey vah which has no vowels, it can't be said, it can't be pronounced, and that there were some sages and rabbis of old that said that it was impronounceable because you couldn't say the name of God, but actually some also said it was the sound of breathing, yod the first thing you would do is you would take your first breath. You would say the name of God and the last thing you would do is take your last breath when you could no longer say God's name and then I'm watching George on the floor for no real significant reason and he's, he's breathing his last breath. I mean, we can't put breath back into George. We can't, bring George back to life. I wish we could bring George back to life. I wish we could do that, but we can't. But here's the thing that I realized is I realized that it doesn't have to be his last breath. We have to keep breathing for George and we have to keep breathing, not just for justice, not just for, cause if this guy goes prison, it's George is still dead. You know, the guy goes prison for this, other cops go prison for this. He's still dead. It doesn't bring him back. It doesn't change it. It's never really justice. You can't give him back to us. He's been taken, he's gone. But his breath has to live on. His breath has to mean something. His last breath has to bring change. We can't keep having the same situation playing out and playing out and playing out. And I I feel like I can't just keep hoping that the world's gonna change if I don't change. And maybe this isn't an area where I feel like I struggle. I don't feel like I struggle with racism. I don't feel that that's a, a particular issue of mine. I struggle with the world being racist around me and it's so frustrating and I hate it it makes me feel sick inside but I feel like I've got to be more proactive I've got to be more about changing this world I 've got to breathe new life into this world and and I guess my prayer this morning, my hope this morning on Pentecost Sunday is that George's last breath would breathe life into all of us that George's last breath would breathe newness of life into America, into newness of life all across the world where we are still having the same flipping conversation again and again and again. And so I want to talk about a few things that Adam was shaped and God breathed his life into Adam. Adam became a living thing and we live with that breath and that breath is important and that breath is valuable and how we use that breath within each and every single one of us matters so much. But I want to talk about the prophet. Joel, who said in Joel chapter two, verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit out on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, even on the male and female servants in those days, I'll pour out my spirit. There is this incredible thing where gender won't be um, the gender discrimination, the gender pay gap, the gender Issues throughout the whole of mankind that God is going to move past all of that. He'll pour his spirit on both genders. And then the next thing he says, it, it's not going to be an age thing where, where the old people will get my spirit or the young people will move in it and the old people can support the young people in doing it. I'm pouring it out on everyone. Regardless of whether it's towards the end of your life, you're going to see me do exponential things and bring change within systems, within nations, within people groups, within households, within communities because I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh and even on the male and the female servants. I want to say here that it's, 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 it's something that God does. He gives the most powerful, most amazing thing and it doesn't matter about your class or your social standing. It doesn't matter whether you're a low paid worker or a high paid worker, I'm pouring my spirit on all flesh. It's not going to matter what the color of your skin is, he's pouring his spirit on all flesh. And you see the thing about that and why that is so important is because if God is pouring his spirit out on all flesh, if God is going to breathe in to all flesh, then I have to see the holy nature and sanctity of all flesh, period, period. It doesn't matter about their sexuality. It doesn't matter about their class. It doesn't matter about their age doesn't matter about their social position. It doesn't matter about their race. It doesn't matter about their tribe. It doesn't matter about whatever it is. Even if they're a Man United fan, God unbelievably pours his spirit on Man United fans. I don't know how that's possible. Like that for me transcends all understanding I have of the known universe and the world. But he is pouring his spirit out even on Man United fans. That blows my mind. He's pouring out his spirit so I want to take us back to a moment in history thousands and thousands of years ago where an entire ethnicity is enslaved an entire ethnicity we're not talking about some people have been taken no a hundred percent all people of an ethnicity are in slavery we're talking about the exodus story we're talking about Egypt a hundred percent all in slavery God sets them free miraculously they have this meal this passover meal where they they where moses says to them guys we're going to take a one-year-old ram keep in your house a couple days this is how they celebrate passover and then afterwards you check there's no blemish with it no broken bones no six illnesses on the skin no disease any of this stuff then what you're going to do is you will cut the back you will cut the back and when the blood flows is sacrificially fit to be the passover lamb So thousands and thousands of years later, at the time when they're celebrating Passover, so they had Passover in the initial story in Exodus, then they were set free from Egypt. Thousands of years later, Jesus, at the time of Passover, who John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is dying on a cross. He's dying on a cross at the time when they're killing the Passover lamb. For the, looking for the forgiveness and the deliverance from sin, Jesus is dying on the cross. He said days earlier to his disciples, this is my body broken for you and for many. This is my blood poured out for the covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. They did it in remembrance of Egypt, where one ethnicity was delivered from slavery. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Because Jesus isn't delivering us from Egypt. He delivered them from Egypt it was his blood that the blood of the lamb was pointing to but he delivers us all from all sin throughout all space and throughout all time and we do communion the bread remembering his body broken the wine remembering his blood shed and we look to him Jesus last week when we were talking about prayer he taught us how to pray he told us that the father was in heaven that his name was holy so he was separate from us there was a separation issue He told us that forgiveness was the key to that issue. Ask God to forgive us and be a part of forgiveness in our world. And right now, our world needs forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is such a powerful tool, but forgiveness does ask for change. It doesn't ask for someone to keep on doing what they're doing. We need forgiveness right now, but we do need change. We do need change. But here's the thing that happened. So the children of Israel are slaves in Egypt. They're set free. They're in a vacuum. Because when you're in slavery, you become institutionalized. Anyone who knows anyone who's been in prison, you're in a system, you have no say about your day, you come outside, vacuum. What do they do? They fill it with, they fill the vacuum with what they've known before. So if they were in for drugs, they're gonna get straight back into that. Happens all the time, it's just a common thing. Children of Israel in slavery, set free by God, the vacuum. God not only saves them from Egypt, he saves them from the vacuum. You see, 50 days after Passover at Mount Sinai, God gives them his instruction the DNA for who they're going to be as a society, the details of how they're going to live, the details of how they're going to be distinctly different, the daily routines and the rituals that they're going to use to remind themselves of who they are and what they're supposed to be for the world around them, that they don't become like Egypt. Notice that, that they don't become like Egypt, that they become distinctly different. The problem is, you see, we look after that, they get given these fantastic instructions, but they screw it up. All the way through the Old Testament, you'll just see them going around in circles of just screwing it up. One minute, all the time, circle motion. Jesus comes, dies on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. Then 50 days later, today is 50 days after Easter. This is Pentecost. Pentecost meaning 50th. 50 days after they were delivered from Egypt, they received God's instruction on stone. They received God's instruction on sown, but that didn't didn't cut it. It didn't cut it. It didn't bring a change. They carried on the same as they were. They encountered the same hardship. They encountered the same difficulties, the same failures. But notice now with Jesus, when he dies on the cross and there's the forgiveness of sin, and he talked about that holiness issue. One of the key things that happened is the temple veil was torn from the top to the bottom. The separation from God was no longer there, that we could boldly approach the throne of grace, the mercy seat of God, that we could encounter him, that God was no longer intending on living within a building, but God wanted to live within us, that we would become temples of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, after he raised, was risen from the dead, On the last things that he says to his disciples in Luke 24, verse 48. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father. Remember Joel, pour out my spirit on all flesh. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Power from on high. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then in Acts chapter two, they're here and they are staying in the city and they're in the upper room. And there comes this moment where in Acts chapter two, it talks about like a rushing wind. And when they talk about a rushing wind, like the significance of that is that the Hebrew understanding and the Hebrew word for God's spirit means breath. It means wind it means spirit and they were waiting to be clothed in power from on high and they were waiting for the encounter like Adam when God breathed life into him when the spirit would come upon someone and the wind is blowing and we always focus as Pentecostals on the far- tongues of fire coming down but for the Hebrew people it had been like whoa God is breathing new life into this God is breathing new life into us he promised that he'd pour out his spirit upon all flesh and here comes the wind here comes the breath of fresh air here comes the breath of his spirit God is doing a new thing God is blowing something and it is about to blow and here is the thing above all things you see I found in my life that you can give me all the rules and all the instruction for change in the world very rarely does it bring any change to my life but I can look at the moments where I've encountered God where the wind of God the spirit of God the breath of God has come in filling me from the inside transforming forming me from the inside. And then I cannot keep it contained. I cannot keep it inward. I cannot think about just myself. I have to think out with the focus. I can't just inhale. I have to exhale that spirit. I have to pour out the goodness that God is pouring into me. And at this Pentecost, what I want us to do is I want us to connect with God. I want us to pray to receive the Holy Spirit. I want us to encounter a new breath of God within our lives. I want us to encounter the wind of God within our lives, but I believe it's the wind of change that is coming. I believe God wants to breathe into his church because he wants to pour his spirit upon all flesh. He doesn't want to pour out his spirit on some flesh. He doesn't want to pour out his spirit on the young. He doesn't want to pour out his spirit on the old. He doesn't want to pour out his spirit on the male or the female. He doesn't want to pour out his spirit And when he talks about, he doesn't say, I'm ruling out the servants. I'm ruling out the classes. I'm not saying I'm ruling out people of certain race or certain color. He's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And if God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh, that's the end of the discussion. We need to be people that breathe life into every single person around us. And let me tell you, I know that God is looking for a people from every tribe, every tongue to confess that he is Christ, that he is Lord. And that is what God is doing in me. That's what God is doing in you. And I want to encourage you this morning that we need to be a part of making sure that George's last breath is not his last breath because it's Pentecost Sunday and the Spirit is pouring out on all flesh. He is not going to choose that certain flesh is not adequate, that certain flesh is not okay, that doesn't make the grade, that certain flesh isn't going to receive the goodness of God. He is pouring out his Spirit on all flesh. It is Pentecost Sunday today. He wants to pour out his Spirit on you. He wants to pour out his Spirit on me because God says that not one sparrow falls to the ground that he dead that he doesn't know about and you're worth more than many sparrows George was worth more than many sparrows and I believe that God wants to do something in our spirit that we have to be agents of change in our world we don't live in America we don't live in that city we don't have access to bring about that change but we have to bring about our change and I believe that the change does come And I believe God does call us for a ministry of forgiveness because he forgives us and we forgive others. But forgiveness doesn't mean no change. Reconciliation doesn't mean no change. Peace doesn't mean no change. Peace, shalom, means correct balance, goodness, wholeness, blessing. I hear too many people talking about peace and reconciliation like they want to wax over. We're not waxing over. We're waxing through. We're going to go through this. But I believe what the world needs more than anything right now is for you and I to receive a fresh breath of God's spirit upon our lives. Because we have a responsibility to breathe life where there is death. We have a responsibility to be a part of breathing again. We have to breathe again. We have to breathe again. George can't breathe anymore. But you and I can. And we have to start to value our breath and respect the holy, sacred nature of the breath that God has breathed inside each and every single one of us. Today is Pentecost. And I want to urge you at some point today to take that time to allow the Holy Spirit to breathe inside of you, that we can be a part of the solution. Because racists are sinners in need of Jesus and the Savior. Our world has to change. And it starts with you and I. Now I want to pick up on one last thing before I finish. So they're there, they receive the power from on high in the upper room and the Holy Spirit comes and fills them and they start speaking in tongues. I'm Pentecostal charismatic, I'm totally down with speaking in tongues. But the time that they did it, it wasn't a language that they didn't understand or, well they didn't understand it, but that no one understood. It was very much an earthly language and other people were like, what? How are these Galileans speaking my language right now? How are they speaking a word that I can understand? How is that even possible that these guys are speaking in this way at this time? This doesn't make any sense. This is crazy. And then Peter basically stands up and says, Oi lads, I know you're all saying we're sloshed and we've been drinking the spirits. I just want to let you know, the pubs aren't even open right now. Pubs are closed. We couldn't be smashed. And then he starts to preach the gospel. He starts to preach the gospel and people become convicted of their sin. People become saved. People encounter Holy Spirit, the breath of God coming in, transforming them from the inside out. And then they start about that mission. I want to focus on one key thing. He started speaking in their tongue. Oh, the Christians could speak in people's everyday tongue i'm not talking about speaking in wakandan i'm talking about speaking the language of every other person whenever people come to sharing jesus and the gospel we turn like into like benny hin or benny hill or something it goes mad it's like power rangers and they start speaking with a weird voice and all sorts of weirdness comes out and it's mental i want us to encounter god's holy spirit today on pentecost sunday because we need to start speaking in people's tongues, we need to start speaking the goodness of God in a way that everyone understands. And if that means this week we need to talk about people to people about, I can't breathe. God wants to breathe new life into you. God wants to breathe new life into all of us. God is pouring out spirit on all flesh. Talking it on a level, then let that be it. If we need to talk to people about it like a football match, it's like you're three 0 down at halftime, sunshine. Get out of there, head up, look to him. He'll turn it around. Come on, wait, wait, wait. do it. This week, talk to someone in their tongue. You don't have to speak in Arabic. Speak in their tongue. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you. I'm going to pray for us. Father, help us to breathe again. So many of us watched George take his last breath. And it felt like our own breath was ripped from our chest. Father, may we appreciate the sacred nature of the breath that you have given each and every one of us. Father, where he has stopped breathing, may we breathe for him. And may we breathe newness of life into this world. Wholeness, a world moving away, through, past, over racism and its ugly, sinful head. Father, would you, like you breathed into Adam, and as the disciples met on this sacred day, 2020 years ago, you blew fresh wind in the room. You transformed them from the inside out, and they started speaking in other tongues that people understood. Would you help us to speak in the tongues that people understand? Would you help us have the words to communicate your goodness, your grace, and your mercy, so that people can understand? In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Guys, George can't breathe. You can't breathe anymore. We have to. And we have to breathe new life into this world. God's spirit, may God's spirit breathe a new fire, a new passion within you. Not to wax over, but to bring about change where you are. In Jesus' mighty, wonderful name. And may he get all the glory. This is going to go up on our Instagram TV. If you missed any of it, make sure you check it out. It's all about breathing again. God wants to breathe new life into you. God wants to breathe new life into all of us. And we all need to mourn, respect and cherish the life of George. And the horrible situation we find ourselves in but we have to keep breathing and we have to breathe new life by the power of God's spirit breathing in us in Jesus name. Amen. Have a great Sunday guys. Make sure you follow. We're going to be sending out some cool stuff on Instagram later this week. And next week, once again, we'll be live at 10:30 a.m. for Insta Church. Have a great week. Be blessed guys. Love you all. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website cityhill.law.witney